You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast. My Utah friends and family, Cole Bagley is here fulfilling his weekly obligations, talking Utah football with a couple wrinkles this time around. We're going to talk to Cole about the departure of Simi Mawala officially from the Utes and, and how that might affect their depth. We'll also talk to him a little bit about his interview with Karenny Reed and how Utah is preparing for UCLA. And we'll wrap things up with some recruiting discussions as Cole has started to uh, dip his toes into the recruiting water. It's dangerous territories out there. One of my favorite things to read over there at UteZone.com. And we'll finish things off with some takes, as always, about the uniform and apparel stuff for the University of Utah. All that coming up on today's episode of the Locked on Youth podcast for October 28th, 2021. Welcome to today's edition of the Locked On Youth Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Youth your first listen every day. We are, as always, free and available on all platforms. But while listening may be free, touching is going to cost you because I've got Magic Cole Bagley here in the house. The Magic Man and El Diablo joining up again to uh to to have some fun the big daddy nickname we're calling it dead you, you you've peaked with big daddy we're on to the magic man cole what is up my dude how much just uh grinding away like every single week trying to just eat sleep and drink uh utah, utah football. football so we were just talking about that beforehand this is the stretch run where everything just feels uh monotonous maybe a little bit and and you're, you're still in the running as a player right now. You're kind of, you're getting closer to that point where you're starting to think to yourself like, okay, so how many more weeks of this? And I, I think for, from a fan perspective, you, you would think that you would never, ever, ever have that kind of thought, right? Like the guy, the people that have to go to work every single day in a cubicle or, or wake up in the morning and go to their desk, which is right across from their bed. Cause you're working from home. The one thing that you wish you could do is go up to practice at the university of Utah, right? But it's just, it's a mental grind. And I think that leads into what we wanted to start off this episode with. There was some news today as Simi Mawala, who hasn't been with the team for about a month now, uh, has entered the transfer portal. Cole, what's your immediate reaction to this? Um, I'm not really surprised. You know, he hasn't been with with the program for some time. Um, You know, has been beaten out by Braden Daniels as far as his uh, own position goes. And I mean, it's, it's no surprise. And so I think we just all wish him the best and, and hope he finds a a home where he can play and excel, but it's, it's unfortunate because I think he did have a lot of talent, but um, most reaction is just no surprise. And I'm I'm certain with uh, the type of player that he is, he'll find somewhere to play football. So. He has a lot of physical gifts. Length, he's pretty athletic for his size, 6'8", 315. He's only a sophomore. Uh, he'll get. He'll have the opportunity to use his transfer waiver, be eligible immediately. There is early scuttlebutt that he might head down to BYU. We'll wait and see what happens. 
Guys that size don't enter the transfer portal often from the offensive line. In fact, I think offensive line is one of the most rare positions uh, to go that route. If we're talking about the why here, why Simi didn't work out, why Braden Daniels took over, I think it's twofold. Braden Daniels was a guy who kept fighting, kept working, kept going after it. He is very versatile and was willing to move around and work and everything like that. Simi it was always reluctant to go to the offensive line position. I think, uh, you know, came to Utah as a defensive lineman, was there for a week or two, switched him over to spring. It was not a natural progression for him. Now, in contrast, somebody like Tanoa Tongiai, he's been a much more natural fit. He just looks and moves like an offensive lineman. See me, it was a lot harder to learn how to bend, how to use his length, everything like that. Really not an easy thing to do. Uh, Cole, have you ever struggled with using your length? Be honest now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All the time. All the time. Without question. <laughs> Dunking basketballs, trying to get things off the top shelf, hitting lights all the time. Um, but I think that's the difficulty with Simi is, is that he was not a guy who naturally adapted to the position, but he was forced into it early on. And, and that, I think it really accelerated his development and the demand on him. And suddenly he had starting experience. And I know that he adjust, he had a hard time adjusting to the weight gain. And, and there were, I wouldn't say injury issues, but there were issues with knees and joints and everything like that with the weight gain as well. And we've seen that from time to time. And, and that leads us to where we're at right now, where he's leaving. As you look at the roster, how much, not in terms of, immediate impact but long term how much do you think this really impacts uh, the offensive line position group i don't think it has a super big impact to be completely honest i mean they've been playing without him really since uh around week three you know against san diego state and i think i mean this is completely based on my own assumptions uh, but i think that's kind of what led to this uh, eventual transfer is that um utah was really struggling um at the, at the, uh, offensive line position, you know, there was just no protection and, and that kind of led to why cam rising took over. I think a little bit as he had a lot more mobility, whereas Brewer was more of a, uh, a pocket passer and, uh, the, uh, offensive line was not offering the protection. It's by no means was it's completely Simi's fault at all, but I just think with, um, just the way that he played, it, it led to some issues. He was replaced and now we're seeing, um, you know, the results of that, but overall, I don't think it really, I mean, you always hate to lose players to lose players with good talent that have been around for a while, but I think, uh, Utah has, um, you know, decided who they're going to go with. They're confident in that group and, and there is some youth there, right? I mean, there's still a lot of uh, young guys playing and figuring that out, but we've seen some improvement and, and I, I don't think it's really going to heavily impact them that much. I, I agree with you. I think the the nervous part about it for me is in the short term, you're now really thin on experience at that position. Uh, so your next option is do you bring in Paul Miley if somebody gets hurt at the tackle position and bunk Nick Ford out to one of those? Uh, Bama Lashini has, has locked down that position, but uh, to the point to where uh, Jaron Kump I don't think will return this year uh, if, if that's breaking news. Uh-oh. Um but I, I just, you know, he's he was coming back from an injury that if 
if I understand it correctly, is a very difficult one from offensive lineman to come back. And then I, the, I don't even know what the secondary injury was, but it looked like he got rolled up on. And so I, I just, you know, now with Simi being gone, and we should we should correct this. He's been gone for a while, so this has kind of been a thing. So I think they were prepared for it. Uh, now you're a little bit thin at the position, and I think that's something that you really have to uh, have to take a look at. If if you're J- uh, Jim Harding, what's your you know what's your move in terms of? Um, yeah, sorry, I, I just wanted to double check. Kyle did announce that Jaron Kump was done for the season, so so now you have two guys behind him that, that don't have much experience at all at the tackle position. Uh, if you're Jim Harding, what's your move? If you have uh, an injury at the tackle position, do you move Nick Ford out, or do you put one of those young guys and move him up? I mean, I think you know it's tough. I mean. I think Nick is playing at that center position because of his experience, because of how long he's been around. And Nick has obviously shown versatility and ability to move around. So maybe if, you know, you do experience an injury, maybe you do kick Nick out just because he has shown an ability to, to adjust, to, to welcome a new position and a new challenge and with his experience. So uh, I just think with those, you know, those, those positions that you would potentially need to fill. I just, I would be more trusting of Nick uh, moving rather than, and somebody else coming in at that center position rather than uh, just a newbie, a new guy that maybe hasn't taken as many reps, but that that's just me personally. Some of it may depend on which position it was. It is that opens up. For example, if it's a right tackle position, uh, that's to Cam's face side. So it's not going to be as big a deal. Currently uh, on the outdated depth chart that we have, the backup for the right tackle position is Bam Molasheni. That feels problematic. (laughs) 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 Which just goes to tell you how how ridiculous some of this stuff that we – have to deal with is but the other two candidates that i think would be most likely to move up there would be falcon kalmatule uh who did get some reps in the spring game and tano atongiai who i think is is it's between he and and Zeroway williams for the most uh you know high ceiling tackle prospects on the team and i i think that's part of the reason why I don't want to say the coaching staff ran off Simi, but I think it's one reason why they were content if he was planning on leaving, that they weren't going to beg him to stay. You know, They weren't going to uh, try and, and coerce him into sticking around for the rest of the year. Is that they, they really do believe uh, that Zeroway brings a lot of uh, unique skills. His size is incredible. He's just underweight, I think, is the biggest thing with him. Um but he's also uh, an incredible athlete, uh, former basketball player. He's 6'7", 275. And the thing that I've heard that has me most fired up about him is that when he came into camp the first week, he almost took control from a leadership perspective. Now, that being said, there's a lot of other options, right? You've got Johnny Maia still on the roster. You could put him at guard and bump Satawa Lomea out to tackle. Uh, that's going to be a little bit more of a sketchy situation simply because Satawa is not um, not as athletically gifted just to play the position. He's going to have to work a lot harder on technique. Um, but it's it's there are options there, and I really do believe that, that Tanoa Tongiai is another guy uh, that, that is not far off from being that 6'6", 3'12". 
And then there's Luke Felix Fulalalo, who, even though he's backing up at left guard, you know, he's a guy that has seen some time and, and could bump out there at tackle as well. So Utah's got some options there. Um, I wonder if this is the last person that we see transfer. Um, it'll be interesting to see because I believe Olesheny will leave this year, and I, I believe Jaron Kump. Uh, we'll have to check on his timeline and see how things develop too. But it does leave that position a little bit thin. Um, is this, if you're rating this on a scale, what's your concern level with this? Well, if I'm going one to 10, maybe about a three or four. Um, it, it's mostly based, I think, on injury. Um, they've played quite a few games without him and they've won in those games. And, and the, the protection of, of rising has been much better than it was. And so, Based off of, I guess, if you're saying production standpoint, protection standpoint, I'm not that worried about it. However, if you have an injury, it could, you know, bump itself up to a seven or an eight just because you're going to have to throw somebody in there that potentially has uh, not taken very many reps, if any at all. So that's, but right, right off the bat, you know, like I said, it was no surprise and you simply hope the best for them and, I just think Utah knew knew this was coming, and I think they're okay with it because uh, it just clearly wasn't working out. If you look at the schedule the rest of the way, I think the biggest red flag is that Oregon game. It's who's going to take on Kayvon Thibodeau, and, and that's really going to be uh, the adventure, I think, for this squad. If, if there is an injury, the, the good news is, is that it's it's all about if um, in that situation, and I think that Utah is, is prepared to handle it, seeing that he's kind of been gone for a better part of a month now. So, uh, who, as of right now, who would be taking on Thibodeau? So, that's the interesting part about it. And, and the way that Oregon uses him, he comes a lot on the right side. So, it's going to be Braden Daniels for the most part. You would have to imagine that Utah's going to scheme to give him some help, though. And and the other part of it, too, is is we talk so much in offensive line play about one-on-one matchups. Like, Braden Daniels going one-on-one against Thibodeau. Like, if it's slide protection, then you're blocking a gap. And, and so, that could lead to something to where if he ducks inside, it could be uh, Satao Lomea. And I think... You know, Oregon had a really uh, interesting scheme that they ran against UCLA where they really attacked the right guard uh, with their pressure packages, and, and he struggled in protection. Um, and so that could be another thing that they maybe try to move Thibodeau around a little bit and, and try and loosen him uh, or free him up to attack. Uh, it's almost like a lion attacking gazelles, right? They're going to attack the, the sick and the weak. And so they're going to find the weakest link on that offensive line and try and attack it with him. And that's part of why he's going to be likely the number one or a top five pick in the NFL draft is because you can do that with him and you can move around. He can do things like two gap and it's, you're just not supposed to do that and be able to do double backflips standing on the ground. It's he's, he's a freak. He's an animal. And he's For a money making sure. machine. So shout out to, to old uh, Kayvon and, and the uniqueness that he is. We uh, luckily don't have to worry about that as much this week because it's not Oregon week yet. Utah has to worry about UCLA and uh, we have to worry about talking about sweat block. Cole, it's not hot out anymore, but sometimes in those press conferences, do you feel the heat? Oh, absolutely. I think when well, I think just some of the games remaining on the schedule make me a little sweaty. I got the solution for you, my man. It's sweat block. And you know me. I, I'm in my basement. It's nice and cool. 
I got little beads of sweat popping up right now. Like I'm wearing this nice salmon colored shirt. I'm 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 excited to be talking to my guy Cole. He can hey, confirm all this. Oh, thank you. <laughs> just you. It's your color. It goes with the beard. Might as well just end this read right now because I'm never going to get any better. But I can't because sweat block is the thing that's keeping me dry, allowing me to wear this color. And that's why you need to check out sweat block. But you don't have to take our word for it. Let's talk about it straight out of Hollywood uh, producer uh, who is working on the set of a Marvel movie. Maybe you've heard of it. She was working 18 hour days for weeks in the Atlanta heat. I bet you didn't know that they record all those movies in Atlanta. Maybe you did. I don't know. Uh, That's not my beat. Uh, but she heard about sweat block, started trying it and loves it. No more sweaty production days. She even reports that one of the A-list actors uses it. Maybe the green one question mark to stay dry on set and on the red carpet. So stop excessive sweat for up to seven days per use. It's just one wipe under each arm right before you go to bed. Doctor created, doctor recommended, dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's not just for armpits, chest, back, feet, hands, use it anywhere. And I mean, <clears throat> anywhere that sweats more for me than i think cole you know we're we're out here just uh just trying to stay dry in the bear cave but if you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat you have to check out sweat block get it today for 20 percent off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at amazon and cvs this episode of Locked On Utes is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Who doesn't love that? Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's a place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. It's a place that I have spent more than a few post-game meals at as I grew up playing sports and athletics. Chances to, uh, you know hang out with my dad and talk and, and share a burger and, and figure things out as I was learning and growing as an athlete. One of my favorite places to do that with him uh, brings back a lot of good nostalgia, a lot of good memories when I think about those days. In fact, it makes me want to go get a double cheeseburger right now. So be like me. Head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say locked on Utes watch party? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. I'm back headed here on the Locked On Utes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Cole Bagley is free and available on this platform. Have we locked you to an exclusive deal yet, Cole? Uh, yeah, I'm waiting. Ugh. I need to contact our representation. Make sure that gets locked down because you are our go-to uh let's call it reporter up there at, at uh up on campus walking around doing your thing for the daily utah chronicle contributing over at ksl.com helping out with youth zone you're uh joining in with locked on youths uh do you even have time to sleep anymore honestly no like <laughs> and i'm not even joking like since the season started i have the hardest time shutting off my brain because oh. all i'm thinking about is like Okay, who am I interviewing tomorrow? Is it is it Cam? Is it Karene? Is it you know Devin Lloyd? Is it some recruiting? And I'm just thinking about those going over you know going over them in my head just because first off I love it I love what I do, um, but you know I've talked about this before preparation is a big deal and if you don't prepare the right way those uh, interviews can go south pretty quickly just because you ask the wrong questions and then it's like well 
what am I going to do with this? But it's all right. The season is, we're, we're approaching towards the end, which makes me sad, but I might sleep yeah. in a couple months. There, there is a very, like, you don't want to see the season end, but also at the same time, like a day off is, is really nice. And there just are no days off when it's football season, whether you're in uh, the media side of things or, or working for the team or whatever. Um, who's been the most intimidating interview that you've had since you started covering the beat? Probably Devin Lloyd and Devin's a great guy, but he is intimidating. Just the size. I I was, it was my first time talking to him in, in the fall camp. And I, I I joined, I joined youth zone in the spring. And then I've been writing for the Karani for about two years. And I did cover Utah football last year, but with, with COVID and everything, it was all behind a screen, you know? Uh, it was all uh, Zoom conferences and stuff like that. So I never actually talked face-to-face with a player until um, this fall. And so, and one of the, and the, I think the very first player I talked to was Devin and he just comes up and I'm looking up at him like, hi, you know, just like uh, very, very intimidating. Well, and just with, with how successful he is, you know, I mean, I'm just this little beat reporter and, you know, he's this future NFL star player it's a it's a little intimidating but he is he's a super nice guy i mean just on and off the field a great human being and as as i've been around him more but still there's still a little bit of my heart races a little bit just because i'm like i don't even deserve to be in the same room with you there is this feeling of oh you could squeeze my head in between your bicep and forearms and pop it like a zit couldn't you? Yeah. And it, it was one of the, when I was able to go up to camp early on, he and Mika Tafua were joking around and he kept, you know, kind of like, like needling Mika. Cause Mika is a pretty low key guy. Not, not super, uh, uh, self boasting. Uh, we'll call it like that. And, and Devin kept making fun of him. Like, Oh, how'd you, how'd you get your arms so big? Like your arms are bigger than mine. And these two dudes are flexing. I, I've told this story way too much, but yeah, I was just like, Oh, that's they're, they're double my size and I'm not a small human being. So I, I need to exit as well. But like you said, he's a, he's a very jovial, uh, charismatic guy. He just has that big, deep, gruff voice. And you can understand why he's very confident playing the linebacking position. I think another guy who's starting to get really confident about that position is Karene Reed. You had a chance to talk to him after practice. What did Karene have to say about the game upcoming versus UCLA? Uh, he, his biggest thing was just preparation. Um, and I know I, I kind of fangirled over him a couple of weeks ago and it just continues. I mean, this kid just impresses me. He doesn't act like, uh, you know, a freshman or a walk on any of those labels that you might place on him. I just, I try to forget him because I just don't see him, um, acting that, you know, acting that way. He, he carries himself very well. And, and his, simply his message was just, we've got to prepare better. We've got to, you know, watch tape, you know, look at how we um, reflect on last week. Um, You know, he he talked about, they weren't, they just weren't sound enough. They didn't trust in the scheme as much as they could have, Um, but they're trying to move forward and and prepare. And obviously they're going to have to prepare because Devin Lloyd is not going to be playing with them for the first half. And uh, I'm sure we'll see a a little bit more of Karene than we normally would. Um, in that first half, just because he's someone, I mean, someone's got to step up and fulfill, um, you know, Devin's position there for the first uh, 30 minutes of football. So, um, but his really, his number one thing was, you know, we didn't play well last week, this week, we're going to try to learn from what we did poorly 
and prepare, prepare, um, because UCLA is, is no team to, to take lightly. And, uh, there's a lot riding on this game. Um, I mean, it really could, it could solidify Utah's chances to make the PAC 12, uh, championship as the South champion and as it would pretty much eliminate UCLA as a contender. Did he have any concerns with the fact that Devin will be missing from the first half at all? Um, not really. I mean, he said, you know, because I had asked him about how that was in the second half last week. Um, he said, you know, when you lose someone like Devin, there's definitely a hole on the field. But I feel like our mentality didn't change. We never gave up. Um, and actually, Devin, he said Devin still played a big part as he kept, you know, he was watching from the sideline as they've changed that rule with the with the uh, targeting, it's no longer the walk of shame into the, the locker room. You can still be on the sideline. So I guess, you know, in huddles and stuff, um, you know, when, when they take timeouts and such, you know, he was, he was talking to the players, telling them how to figure things out. Um, he said it was tough. You know, obviously there was a hole and that will continue into the first half, but he said, um, I think we'll be okay. Cause we know, we know what's coming. We can prepare for it. You know, that was a major thing last week is all of a sudden Devin's gone. You weren't preparing for that to take place, but going into UCLA, they can prepare. They know that they're, you know, they're going to be without their star player um, there for the first half. Obviously he can come in and make a difference in the second. Uh, but like I said, he's just focusing on preparation. Um, and he said it is a big deal, but that's, I think one of their top things, uh, as you can imagine is they got to figure out a way to, uh, to play without Devin for the first half. But I, I trust that they'll be able to, I think, uh, you know, what we've seen from Karene, um, I, I expect him to have some production like he did against Washington state and that for his first start. And I, I mean, I fully trust in, in uh, coach Swan to, you know, to uh, take care of that. Uh, if I do recall the linebacker group's been a little bit slower to get off the field the last couple of days. The, I believe that that some of that is in preparation for not having Devlin around. And, and like Karani said, it's about preparation, right? Like this is a week where you really have to buckle down and prepare. I think coming off a loss maybe sharpens that focus a little bit. Um, if you had to predict how this game is going to kind of unfold, how would you, um, I mean, not how would you want it to go, but how do you think it might might unfold? Well, I think we might be in for another shootout, um, to be completely honest with you. You know, there's been some worry with UCLA's quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Um, he did leave the game very late on the, actually the last drive of the game against Oregon this last week. First couple of days of practice, um, he was out there. He was dressed, but he was throwing with his offhand. There was an update this morning that uh, he was out there throwing with his uh, his uh, favorite hand, his dominant hand, and looked great. So I would expect to see Dorian Thompson Robinson out there on the field, and he's a good quarterback. He's a versatile quarterback. He can throw the football. He's also very quick. Um, you know, can move around. And I wouldn't. I really wouldn't be surprised if uh, we maybe see another other shootout type like we had with uh, Oregon state. Cause I think, I think UCLA is a very good team. I mean, obviously they're in the running um, for the South still um, Utah can pretty much put the, you know, the, the nail in the coffin this week if they can beat them. But I think it's going to take, especially with Devin out in that first half, I think uh, Utah might be in for maybe a shootout and maybe a second half where they're trailing a little bit and have to come back. 
Yeah, and, and he mentioned that in his comments as well. Uh, if you need to read the article, you should go read the article, I should say, on Udzone.com. Uh, but he mentioned that they were really excited about what the offense did and how they played and felt like as a defense they had a little bit more to prove. I think that's going to lead lead to a good performance from Utah. But also I think there's a, a good pivot to talk about something that happened in terms of Utah's offense. And the guy who has made that offense much more potent, Cam Rising, what do you got for us, Cole? Yeah, so this is pretty impressive coming from from Rising. I mean, I've just been impressed with him all season long since the second he took over. I mean, he immediately you know caught the offense on fire. He's been remarkable. He's been the brightest spot um, on on Utah's roster. But uh, yeah, earlier this week he was named to the Davy O'Brien Quarterback Class of 2021. Uh, basically what that means is the, the, it's a national quarterback award uh, and it's given to the most prestigious honors uh, and recognizes the top signal caller in college football each season. Uh, basically with this announcement, with him being um, named to that, um, it kicks off the beginning rounds of voting and such to vote for, uh, I believe it's, it's a list of 16 um, that, that you can select from and you can vote for. So, his dad, uh, Nico, and his brother have, have been all over social media promoting this because Utah fans, you can go and vote for Cam Rising to, to, to help him try and win this award. But he is more than worthy uh, of being named to it. Um, since taking over the position in week three, um, he has just been an absolute fire hose of offense, 99 of 154 passing, 1,139 yards, 11 touchdowns, only two interceptions. That's one of the most impressive things is he does not – he very rarely throws the football in bad situations. Um, and he's also uh, got 32 carries for 237 yards, so 7.4 yards per carry. Um, and, again, just so impressive the fact that he lost the quarterback battle during fall camp was – was um, just showed a lot of character sticking it out. I mean, just everything he's been through, the, the amount of time to lose back-to-back years to a, to an upperclassman transfer and to stick it out. And then to take over the way he did against San Diego State, and the Utes are 3-1 and one since he started. So he is completely worthy of, uh, of being named to this, uh, this award. I would agree, and it, you know, I've been kind of trying to pick and choose some statistics to to really demonstrate what his impact is on the offense has been. Uh, for example, Utah went from an offensive success rate of of thirty seven point four percent, which was eighty fourth in the country, to fifty eighth at a forty point six percent success rate. Um, their rush game, surprisingly enough. Uh, is not as good. Their pass game has improved substantially. The net points per drive has improved 10 places. They're up to 48th on that, so scoring more points. Uh, the Echel ratio, which is a big one. So Echel is, again, the statistic of number of positive drives. Positive drive is a drive that gets into the opponent's 40-yard line. That end in points. It was 84. They were 84th in the country at 49.9%. Rising has bumped them all the way up to 53rd. That's a 30-point jump, uh, 31, actually, if you're being specific with maths, all the way up to 54% on the echo ratio. 
And while it doesn't seem like a lot in percentage points, if you think that they've moved up 30 places, now that's incorporating the entire season, again, with those statistics, that's a really impressive you know, statistical dive in terms of what Cam is doing. He's finishing the offense. He's, he's getting them into scoring position. He's finishing drives. You know, Their third down conversion ratio is just skyrocketed. They were over 60% for, for two games, which is very impressive. And so I think – you, myself, pretty much everybody in, in Utah football nation believes that, you know, he he is deserving of this for sure. Uh, what do you think the odds of him actually winning the award are, though? Uh, <laughs> I think he has come as far as he poten- uh, yeah, potentially will this year with it. I mean, he, he didn't start for the first three games. He's still very young. I mean, maybe next year or the year after that, if he sticks it out for a senior season, he could be, you know, really doing some really impressive things as, as he already is, but uh, I don't fully expect him to, to go much further. However, uh, fans can vote for rising on the Davey O'Brien, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and actually the top five voted recipients on each social media platform receive a boost from the Davey O'Brien award. So if you guys want to give him every extra chance to potentially continue moving forward with these votes, go and vote it as much as you can. Uh, but there is one, there is one more statistic that is just mind boggling to me on the season. Cam has been a part of 14 scoring drives, right? He has perfect passing records, no incompletions on 12 of the 14. Unreal. That is unreal to me. I want to go 12 for 14 on anything. No matter. <laughs> yeah, right. Test like if I go. If I could go 12 for 14 on a Hamburgers single drive. consumed? Yeah. <laughs> we don't even yeah. talk about that. Number of candy corn sandwiches I've eaten? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> maybe maybe arugula sandwiches. Who knows? I don't, maybe that's a better one to take after. So some promising developments from the University of Utah as they prepare for UCLA. I think this is a game where Cam Rising can really carry this team. And, and like you mentioned, if it goes into a shootout, they're going to need everything that they can get from him. I think he can have a major impact. I don't think that Anthony Brown is as good a quarterback as Cam Rising is, and he had a pretty successful campaign against this UCLA defense. We've seen Jake Hayner do the same thing for Fresno State. This could be an epic performance-type game for Cam Rising if we want to buy into that hype. I think the more likely scenario is that this is going to be a very uh, – necessary team performance in all aspects and and we're really going to need to see a lot of improvement um from a lot of areas linebackers uh defensive line uh it'll be good to have uh tavion thomas back i i I believe that vontae davis will play i believe that theo howard will be healthy as as theo and tavion both spoke to the media um this week I have to believe that you wouldn't be ruling them out there if they weren't planning on playing. So you're going to have some guys back that are going to help with that. But special teams, I think the offensive line needs to be really uh, firm on point because this is a a pressure defense with UCLA. And we've seen him play pretty well the last few games. But, you know, the second you start to get comfortable with that, that's when a team like UCLA can really knock you you for a loop with how they bring their pressure. Any final thoughts on Utah's preparation for UCLA? think we just need a similar performance um like they had again you know i think the most complete game we've seen from utah was against usc i think we need a similar performance there or a similar performance to the second half um against asu uh 
I wouldn't say they're they're identical quarterbacks, but I see some some similarities between Daniels um, and UCLA's quarterback, just with in terms of mobility and versatility. I actually think Daniels might be better, um, but I think if we can see a similar to containment type scheme and strategy uh, from Utah's defense, and then like you were talking about, Cam is, and I think this is going to be the case moving forward in every single football game from here on out. As as, as long as he's a part of the program, is Cam is going to be pivotal in, in victories because he, I just, we haven't had a quarterback I think like Cam for a little while. Um, I mean Tyler Huntley was was amazing. He's now in the NFL, but I think there's some notable differences. I think Cam Rising could pass the football better than than Huntley could um, when he was at Utah, and so I just think. Every, every single week, Cam is going to need to step up, as he has. I mean, even in the, even in the loss against Oregon State, he was still uh, really solid, um, both with you know passing and on the ground. Um, so I think those are going to be kind of the the keys to a victory, if you will. Is we need another solid performance from Cam, and then we need a similar team overall solid team performance with, with, with similarities in how they, they contain Jane Daniels um, in the second half against ASU from the defense. Yeah, I, I agree on all accounts with that one. I think it's just, this is a really unique matchup to me. I, I do not have a lot of confidence um, in, in predicting a winner, so I'm not even going to do it. Um, but obviously, I, I think that Utah can win this game. I think it's going to be a battle. Uh, I think you made a lot of good points with regards to DTR and, and how he plays versus somebody like Jaden Daniels, who I think is a much better quarterback, pure quarterback, whereas DTR is is an athlete that makes things happen at the position. So there's a lot to break down. There's a lot of interesting matchups. I think this is you know, one of the more fascinating games of the year, and you have to factor in that it's going to be a night game in Rice-Eccles. Uh, you wonder how Halloween's going to factor into that. We'll talk a little bit about the uh, the apparel around the corner because um, I know you and I both have thoughts about that one. But in the meantime, uh, if your car's apparel is lacking, Cole, do you know where you need to go? No, tell me. Rock on. I've been on the sh- I've been on the show enough. I should know, but. I just have to be reminded. It's rockauto.com. You know why you need to go there? I'm going to tell you. We're just going to go ahead and skip over it. Family-owned business that's been doing this for 20 years. They've got a great website, easy to read. Do you know what kind of car you drive? Do I know what kind of car I drive? Yeah. 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 I drive a Subaru. Right. See? And I know what kind of car I drive. So why would we want to go talk to uh, Joe Schmo down at the uh, local Autorama and, and have him tell us what kind of parts we need for a car that he doesn't even know that we're driving? You know what that Subaru can do. So that's why you need to go to rockauto.com. Check out the website. If you need anything, do you need floor mats, Cole? I'm actually good on floor mats. Okay, so you got floor mats. Well, maybe you need windshield wipers coming up because we all know that winter is coming. Uh, thanks to Jon Snow. And also thanks to the Wasatch Mountains, which are covered in, in in snow as well. So go get your windshield wipers replaced. You can order them from rockauto.com. They're super cheap. Anywhere from 30, 50 to 100% cheaper than your uh, local auto shop or auto dealership will have. You can order those. They'll drop them right off in your door. You get them. You pick them up. You put them on. Boom. You're ready to go for the wintertime. It is a great deal. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. 
BetOnline.ag is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive that bonus from basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Wrapping things up here on the Locked On Youth Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, part of the Cole Bagley Network. We are grateful that Cole spends a little bit of time with us every week as he is... uh, like Santa Claus out there giving the gift of his time and content to just about every girl and boy website that there is that covers the Utes. Cole, you've been a busy guy on a lot of fronts. You've recently ventured into a new territory talking to recruits. Why is Lander Barton your favorite recruit? Oh, man. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, this kid... There, there's just so much to pull apart with, with Lander. I mean, we're all familiar with the, with the Barton name, you know, his older brothers, Jackson and, and Cody, who are Utah alumni, both have played in the NFL. Um, his sister, Danny, um, who is probably going to be go down as the greatest women's volleyball player in the history of the, of the program. He comes from parents, uh, awesome parents who both did great things at the university of Utah as well. So first off, he's just an awesome legacy kid. And that's, that's the, that's the minimum, right? He's just already, you already know who he is. Um, but then taking it to an even greater level, he is a freak athlete. His senior season at Brighton, he has put together a ridiculous campaign, a whopping 101 total tackles, 101 triple digits. That doesn't happen very often. Um, Eight sacks and two pick sixes. He's also the third leading receiver for the Bengals in terms of 334 yards and second in touchdowns with seven. Um, He's had three player of the game awards this season. Um, and was pivotal to Brighton's eight and two regular season record. Unfortunately, I think they were taken off guard. Um, I believe they played Orem last week and it wasn't pretty, um, but that's no slight to, to Lander. He has been just such a big part of both offense and defense for his high school team. Um, and in, in talking with, with his, his sister, I actually asked her a question. I said, uh, who's the great, and this was just a few weeks ago. Who's the, who's the best athlete in your family? And she said, Lander. And I'm not surprised at all. Um, I think he has the aggression of Cody, but with a, with a greater size, uh, he's a little bit taller. He's, he's a little bit, uh, he has greater length. Um, and he just can do anything you would ask him to. Obviously he's being recruited more on the defensive side of the ball. But I just think he would be, I mean, he, for me, he's the number one target and I'm sure he's the number one target for Utah as well. Uh, but he's just incredible. Did you feel like, so I think the word kind of on him was a little bit like maybe he was looking around a bit. Did you get a vibe that maybe that's changed since he made, took his official visit to Utah? This is, this is my feeling. It, it, it does come 
with a little bit of some of the things that we talked about. He didn't, he didn't hint at anything in particular. You know, he didn't come outright and tell me, Oh, it's between this school and this school or, you know, these schools or, or whatever. Um, but while we were, you know, while we were talking, uh, I guess I should preface it. I think going from what I know, going into his visit, I don't think Utah was the front runner. I know he's talking to a lot of schools. He's being recruited by LSU, Texas, Oregon, Michigan, Notre Dame, Nebraska. Uh, and there's several more schools that are, that are recruiting him. I think his visit to Utah, I wouldn't necessarily say put them in the, put, put Utah in the front runner spot, but I think from what I have taken away, I think it's going to come down to either Utah or Michigan. That's, that's just my feel. Um, again, he didn't allude to that, but while we were talking, I've, I felt much better about the potential of Utah landing this kid. Some of the things that he said, and we can get into that here in just a moment. Um, but then the only other school, and I didn't, I didn't even ask, but he did bring up Michigan twice, um, just on his own with, with some comparisons to Utah. Um, and then, uh, old khakis himself was, was in attendance for his final regular season, um, game a few weeks ago. So, Harbaugh coming to Utah, taking time out of his busy week to come and watch this kid play. Um, and, and he put on a show, he scored three touchdowns in that game. And one of them was a pick six. Um, so that's really what I feel is I think it's between Utah and Michigan. Um, I can't say which of the two is the front runner, but I am feeling much better about Utah competing with Michigan after I talked to him than I did before. Yeah, I would agree with that. Another recruit you have had a chance to talk to is Dallas Vakalahi uh, from West High School, defensive lineman. I want to clarify that he is a mission kid. So so he will, if he does sign with Utah, he won't actually appear in the class until 2024. And so I think that's had a pretty big impact on his recruiting. Did he mention anything about that and, and some of the schools maybe having interest on him based on, on whether or not he was going to serve a mission? I didn't really get to talk to him much about um, – about that, but I did, I was able, he, he had stressed that religion is a really big thing, um, for him. And he, in his visit, he, he was very appreciative of some of the things that he saw, you know, Utah, there, there's a lot of LDS kids that play for Utah, a lot of return missionaries, uh, you know, Kyle Whittingham himself is a member of that church. Um, and I think that's a big part. They take the family values, I think, um, from that. And then as well, he talked about, you know, after the game, there's certain position groups that, you know, were, were saying prayers and, and worshiping, worshiping together uh, in that manner. And, and he really appreciated seeing that. And so I think, um, you know, he, as well, he didn't necessarily mention anything about serving a mission. Uh, religion is very big deal to him. And I think uh, Utah can offer what he is looking for as opposed to, you know, some of the other schools. What else did he talk about in terms of, of his recruiting and what he's looking for and, and what's impacted him? Sorry, what was that? What else did he talk about with regards to what he's looking for in his recruitment and, and what's been impacting him? Uh, he's really impressed with, um, you know, just Utah as a whole, you know, the program and, and the, the success that they have had um, on the defensive side of the ball. You know, I mean, they've put uh, a lot of kids – through, you know, into the NFL, which, um, obviously is going to be very enticing, um, to anybody. I mean, and he talked a lot about watching, you know, Mika Tafua, um, in the game that he was able to, to attend against, uh, ASU. Um, and so I just think 
I think that Utah's defense offers what Dallas would be looking for and looking to do. Um, he is an awesome kid. He, he, he's a very good football player. I believe he's second or third in total tackles for, uh, on his high school team right now. Um, and he, I believe he leads the team in sacks. So, um, he would fit right in. I, I have no doubt about that. I do too. Uh, he's the prototypical kid that Utah's looking for. Uh, uh, I think Coach Celesi down there at, at West High School is is also a a great um, proponent of getting those guys to the right spot. You know, so I think regardless um, of of what happens throughout this process, that's never going to be a detractor. Uh, with with Dallas, you know, I think if he wants to go to Utah, then Junior's going to encourage him to go to Utah, and that's a good thing. Um, that's really what you want from high school coaches: is guys who are going to be honest with their kids, who are going to shoot them straight and develop them. And I think Dallas would be a great addition to the University of Utah. Uh, both of those guys happened to attend the last night game at Utah. This night game is going to be a little bit different because Utah is rolling out some blackout uniforms. First thoughts on the Unis Cole is, is this is kind of our, our thing now. Um, it's not a bad uniform. I'm just, I, I gotta be honest. I'm sick of those helmets. I just, for me, it's not, again, it's not a bad helmet. I like seeing the variety. I like to occasionally see the oversized drum and feather. I actually think it looks better on their white helmets that they wore a few years ago. But for me, I'm just like, gosh, how many times do we have to watch them play in these uniforms for the blackout game? Like it's, it's a big game. You you've, you've, you've branded it as the dark mode game. And yet you cannot seem to produce a different uniform. Not that you need to change the Jersey or the, or the pants, give us a new helmet. You know, I mean, they've had some awesome black helmets. They had the Ute proud from, you know, from 2019, um, that was that was uh, uh, all black with with the tribal um, you know strip down the middle, and then they've had uh, that awesome hand painted uh, drum and feather from from each, uh, a few years before that. And then there's a, there's another helmet that I've um, that I, I can recall. I believe it's from 13 or 14. Um, it was just all black with a regular size drum and feather that was just completely red. So I just I like variety, and I just I don't think this is a helmet that a lot of people are calling to see. You know, I just I. I feel like we're seeing it. We've already seen it once before um, this season in their, their home opener, which looked cool. I like that they changed the way they used it. Um, but I'm just kind of sick of the helmet, but that's that's just me. I'm with you. I, I like a little bit more variety, and it would be fun to see something. I think this is just one that we've seen a lot of, and it's a good-looking helmet. It's fine, but I think as it's become a part of the catalog now, it would be nice to see the dark mode have something dark mode game have something like a little bit different. And I get that this year it's going to be the the USS Salt Lake City, and I'm excited about that one. And so that's fine. Um, but there, I'm, I'm with you in terms of the Ute Proud stuff. I would like to see more done with the helmet like maybe you could do an angry swoop on this one or sailor swoop i don't know uh, there's got to be something out there or maybe just make it like plain and simple uh and do the numbers on the side you know with the utah stripe down the middle and white or something like that or or you know however you want to do it there's a lot of options um and the nice part about decals is that those are easy to get that's essentially what it is um would you go with a gloss helmet or the mat or maybe like a satin. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I've really liked, I know that 
there's some fans that are over the 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 candy apple red helmets. Well, I don't know. I like when when you get I like when you get loud and when when you're flashy. I think it adds a certain swagger, um, you know, to the field. You feel good. You you feel new and fresh. And so that's just my problem with these helmets. Is I'm just like could have could have told you that was coming, you know. And it's just not. I don't know. It's just boring. Like I would rather see us do a a whiteout game with the oversized um, white drum and feather helmet, just because we've only seen that like one or two times. This helmet, I just can't just can't seem to get rid of it. It would be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I like the candy apple red, and I understand why people want to get rid of it. It's superstition. Uh, get off of it. Cause there was a point where we didn't want to wear white uniforms uh, that died and ended. So all we have to do is just end the skid and everybody will go back to loving these helmets. It's fine. Um, I do kind of like, I like trending in different directions with helmet. We've had the matte black for a long, long time. So I would not be opposed to, to doing something different with that at, at all. Um, that's man. We covered a lot of ground today. I feel like we've earned ourselves a, a little nap. I saw you just, just drink down a, a Coke Zero. I'm a little concerned, Cole. It's like almost 10 o'clock at night. I just have so much more I got to do. <laughs> this is just one of the stops. Welcome to my life. <laughs> but it's one of my favorite stops. I look forward to it every week. I do too. Uh, it's always good to talk to you, my man. Uh, Want to shout out you and your beautiful wife had an anniversary this week. Congratulations on that. As someone who's never been able to accomplish that, in my eyes, that's a major deal. So, congrats to you. I uh, hope the little well, one's doing well. Well, and you know what makes her so special is you know we we had our anniversary, we, we celebrated, we went went out to dinner and and uh, you know did some activities. But at the very end of the day, what makes her so special is that she let me sit there and write a story about cam rising. That's, that's just, it doesn't get any better. And I'm sure Steve would be able to, uh, to agree with you. Same vibes with Kendra. You know, we've got some awesome, uh, some awesome wives and support systems with the youth zone family. So that's to me, that's, that's just why my wife's a winner is even on our anniversary. She understands that, uh, you know, the work doesn't stop. The grind doesn't stop. And, and while I did make sure it was okay, and it didn't. I couldn't listen to the audio during dinner. She let me do it anyway. So that to me is is a winner, and that's a winning way to go out here on the podcast. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. As always, just want to remind you that if you need a fix for your Pac-12 news in less than thirty minutes, then you have to go follow the Locked On Pac-12 podcast, available free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, with my good friend Cindy Robinson celebrated her birthday on Cole's anniversary. If you can believe that, or no, wait, your anniversary was Monday, right? Twenty fifth. Yeah, so her birthday was the day after. It's been a big week for uh, birthdays and anniversaries. Shout out to any and all who have been celebrating. That's going to do it for us. Uh, Cole, where can the folks find you? Yeah, you guys can find me on a couple platforms just at the Daily Utah Chronicle while I'm still a student for the next few months. Um, But Ute Zone primarily as well as KSL. And then you can find me on Twitter just at Bagley underscore, underscore Cole. Well done, my friend. Thank you, as always, for joining us. This has been the Locked on Youth podcast for October 28th, 2021, and we will talk to you one more time this week. Tomorrow.